you are divine. Good morning, Starshine, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. If you're new here, hello, my name is Chloe Taylor, and this week I am so excited because it is officially 2023, and I literally... Normally, okay, hear me out for a second. Normally, when we move into a new year, I am so that bitch, and I know a lot of you can relate. I am that bitch that will write the wrong date for the first like three months of the year. This year, it has been completely different. In December of 2022, I was already trying to write 23 constantly. And I think ultimately that's because this new year is probably the first New Year's that I have been excited about in easily, easily the last like five or six years. Uh, not because I have anything against new years. I actually am somebody that really thrives on new year's energy. I'm somebody that really thrives with goals and mindsets. And that's just who I am as a person. So this is like my fucking time to shine. If I'm trying to capitalize on the energy of the collective right now, but I find that I also, at the same time, I have a belief that kind of contradicts the whole thing. And that is that you don't have to wait for January 1st to decide to change your life. That's like never something you have to wait for. You can decide at any point, any hour, any minute, any day of the week, it doesn't matter. So I do feel like the past several years, I haven't really made new years as special, but this year is completely different. And I actually spent time with friends or yeah, I spent time with friends over this new year's. I did stay up past midnight, which is something I don't typically do. Cause y'all know that in 2022, I became a morning person. So I, you know, changed my bedtime a little bit to stay up past midnight and, you know, really celebrated with people that I love. And like, I have such strong intentions going into this year. Uh, my theme for the year, which I know you've already heard if you've listened to the past couple of episodes is a soft, but disciplined is like my big theme. And I also really love the term. I don't know how I could add it in, but I really love the term uh, manifestation babe coined this one, uh, instead of survival, the word thrival, like moving into thrival. So that's like another big thing for my 2023. And I'm just really excited about this year. I think that this year there is so much untapped potential. I feel like it's the first year that I don't know what it is y'all, but I feel like the first time since like 2020, this year feels different. It feels like, I don't want to say it feels like 2019 because it doesn't, it just feels different. And I do think there's a little bit of astrology at play, which I do want to talk to you about before we get into that number one habit that I really do believe you need to follow to accomplish your dreams this year. And it's a lot easier than you think, but we'll get to that in a minute. I first want to share with you a little bit of the astrology of 2023, just because there are a couple of alignments that I really do believe are really amping us up early this year. So First and foremost, let's get the obvious out of the way, which is Gemini will be coming or excuse me, not Gemini. Gosh, see Mercury really is in the microwave right now. And I can tell because I'm already messing my words up, but Mars will actually be coming out of retrograde, which it has been retrograde. I want to say since like October, it'll be coming out of retrograde this month, uh, in just a few weeks, actually on the 16th, I want to say. It's either the 14th or the 16th. And as it comes out of retrograde, we are going to feel such more of like a heavy drive and a push to move forward in life, which is great. You know, we've had so much time to reevaluate how we connect with others, how we converse, communicate, you know, Gemini is our ruler of communication. So during this retrograde, we've had time to really think about how we speak to others, how we maybe even speak to ourselves. And I really think moving forward, this is going to be a good thing. If you feel like you've like lost your drive or you haven't had any this year starting out, that is the number one factor that I do feel like is going to change. 
the second thing that is just for January is Mercury is in the microwave right now. She's been drinking the Gatorade again. Mercury's, or what was it? It was like, well, yeah, Mercury's in Gatorade, um, which there's no actual like Mercury in Gatorade. It's because people will say Mercury in retrograde and I don't know who made it up or where it came from, but it's like, what? There's Mercury in the Gatorade. Nah, probably terrible for Gatorade sales though. <laughs> um, especially if it's like somebody hears that and they don't know what the hell you're talking about, but uh, that is going to be coming out as well, right about the same time. So I can't remember if it's the 14th or 16th. One happens, I believe on the 14th and one happens on the 16th. So we have a couple of planets that will be going direct, which will be always a good thing. We love it when things are direct and moving forward. I mean, I think sometimes retrogrades, obviously they're always necessary, but I feel like sometimes retrogrades can dampen a blow from other planets. If like, say for instance, during the Gemini full moon that we had, uh, back during Sagittarius season, I personally feel like because we had Mars in Gemini, but it was retrograde that kept that full moon from being like diabolical. So that's just my personal and professional opinion. But those are the two things for January that are big. But the other thing I wanted to bring up is a couple of major transits for the year that I actually think are so beautiful. The first thing I'm going to say is that if you're in Aries or a Taurus, or you have Aries or Taurus majorly in your chart, like sun, moon rising is what I would say, or even like North node, uh, any of those are going to be so important this year. Um, also I would say Aquarius placements. So actually there's three major transits that are coming up. I forgot about one of them. So I'll kind of give you them in chronological order. So number one, we are starting out this year with Aries actually moving or Jupiter moving into the sign of Aries. It has been in Pisces for a while. I don't know the exact date that it moves, but I know early this year that that is taking place. I apologize that I didn't come with a list of dates. That is like very Mercury in retrograde of me. <laughs> but early this year, we do have Jupiter moving back into Aries. And for Aries placements, this is fantastic. This is you being the main character. Okay. Aries and Taurus are the main characters for 2023. And for, and this doesn't mean only Aries are going to be like blessed if wherever Aries is in your chart is going to be blessed at this time. So, uh, for example, in my life, I do not have any major Aries placement or yeah, I don't have like Aries in my sun, moon rising. I do technically have it in Mercury. So my speech is going to be blessed. I honestly anticipate, this is just like me making a small prediction. I anticipate that my podcast will actually see extensive growth in the beginning of this year because my voice is literally being blessed and expanded by Jupiter. So because I'm an Aries Mercury, but I, I have the chills while I'm saying that too. So I must be, I must be aligning with my higher self and the universe we're communicating right now. <laughs> but even like it's where anywhere that Aries shows up in your chart. So I also have Aries in my fifth house. Something I always like to remind you is if you don't have any major planets in Aries, that's okay. That doesn't mean that you're unaffected. Everybody I always go by the whole sign house system. So you can always render your chart and plug in whole sign houses and you will see where your Aries placement is. Usually it's just going to correspond with a house if you don't have a planet there, but wherever Aries is in your house system is what's going to be affected. So for me, I have Aries in the fifth house. This is like dating fun. I think of it also as like to a degree, it's like personal beauty. Like it's not the way that like Venus does beauty. It's very like, I always think about the sign of Leo, which is the ruler of the fifth house, which is being activated for me right now. It is like, think about how you can never go out with a Leo and they're not like dressed to the nines. They're not like always thinking about their appearance. A Leo is the number one sign, especially a son, a Leo son. They are the number one person that's going to tell you, you be looking busted and you cannot go out of the house with me like this. So it's almost to me like diva energy, <laughs> but like, I don't want to paint that like it's a bad thing. Cause I think that 
Leo, I always say this, that every astrological sign brings something to the table. And I do think that Leo shows us how to care for ourselves and in any way that that like means something to us. So, um, I do feel what's so funny about that is I already feel that energy amplified for me in this, at this time. Like I've been really into like my personal appearance lately, which I'll talk to you about that later because that kind of falls under the manifestation stuff I want to talk about. So we'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, yeah, we have this basically very expansive planet of Jupiter moving through the sign of Aries and Aries also deals with like, like the actual, just like the sign of Aries, it does deal with our physical body. Like it's not like, it's like personal appearance, physical body, forward momentum, moving. It's like being more in touch with yourself in that way. Does that make sense? I hope so. But the main point of it is like wherever Aries is in your chart is what is going to be expanded. So like I said, for me, that comes in with like childlike joy, um, you know, everything that like Leo rules for me. And then also I happen to have Aries in Mercury. So, or Mercury in the sign of Aries. So that's going to be amplified for me. Um, I say these things because I know some of you have similar charts to me and you're always happy when I talk about it. I'm not just like trying to talk about my own chart 24 seven. It like helps me to also teach more. So um, before I get into the second alignment that is really important, like one of the more major ones, I do want to take a brief moment right here to just give one of you a shout out. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much to Maya over on Spotify. She left me a comment or an answer to the episode question. And it just said, what did you think of the episode? And Maya answered, congrats on the new home. I'm hoping this Sag energy will help move me from my current energy into my own. Can't wait to hear your process on manifesting your home. Definitely need guidance on this. So thank you so much, Maya, for uh, leaving that comment that always, always, always helps the podcast. And I want to encourage any of you, if you're listening on, especially Apple or Spotify, either one is fantastic. You can leave ratings and reviews. I know for sure on Apple. And if you leave a comment, uh, I am trying to like sift through those more frequently and, you know, share you on the episode. And, uh, you can also leave question responses if you're on Spotify. So be sure to leave those. It really does help out the podcast to be seen by more people, listened to by more people, and it helps us to get the word out more. So uh, please do consider doing that if you have a moment. And let's go ahead and keep talking about the alignments. So the next thing, of course, many of you already know, because I've talked about this one a lot, and that is that in March of this year, we have Saturn finally, fucking finally, <laughs> Saturn is finally fucking, and I am going to say fucking because this has been the wildest ride of my life. Especially those of you that have been listening to the podcast since 2020, you have witnessed, I have cried on this podcast so many fucking times in the last three years. And ultimately I do believe that a lot of that had to do with my Saturn return taking place. So Saturn is going to be moving from the sign of Aquarius where it has been for nearly the last three years. And it's actually going to be moving into the sign of Pisces. And many of you, I know that are my listeners either went through this Saturn return with me. You may have, some of you may also be Saturn and Capricorn people, uh, which means you would have already gone through your Saturn return now, uh, over three years ago. So, or just around three years ago, mine started at that time. Yours would have been ending. And some of you, many of you also have Saturn in Pisces. Uh, I can tell from just looking at my like statistics for my podcast, not everybody is around my age, but the bulk of you are either like right at my age, just above me or just below me in age. So, um, or I should say older or younger than me, I guess. So I know many of you, this information really applies to, so Saturn moving into Pisces. I don't want to touch too heavily on that in this episode, because I do think I want to talk more about that in its own 
thing, uh, either in a YouTube video or in its own podcast. But some of the things I will mention is that Pisces is the sign of escapism endings. And it also rules, I would say, I don't want to say faith because I really think that that is more Sagittarius's thing, but I do feel like it tends to rule religion to a degree. Like it rules because if you think about what religion does, most often religion tends to tell you what will happen in the afterlife for you. If you follow a certain amount of rules, if you really whittle it down to the like bottom line. And I'd be surprised if people that were super religious listened to my podcast, but not because I have hatred for you and I don't think you belong here or anything. I always say that my door is like wide open and I never want people to feel like outcast because I know what that feels like from both ends of the spectrum, from being really religious at one time in my life and being an outcast and also now being non-religious and in a lot of sectors being more of an outcast. So I never want people to feel that way, but something I will say, and this is like my own prediction is I do feel that a lot, a lot, a lot, not just people that have Pisces natal or yeah, Pisces natally there with Saturn and Pisces. I really do feel like collectively, cause we do experience these things collectively. Yes. People that have those placements have a much harder time. But even if you look at Saturn going through Aquarius, it brought out social justice issues. It was the spread of COVID. It was the spread of authenticity. It was the spread of the internet. It was, there were so many things that took place under this transit for the collective. And so the one thing that I want to point out is what I believe is going to be a crisis of faith. I feel that it's not faith like you don't have any. It's that like, you may start to question outdated faith structures because Pisces rules basically the end of life. And as we get to the end of life, if you are very religious, there is a lot tied to the end of life when it comes to religion and what comes after before we are born again or reincarnated or go to heaven or whatever the fuck it is that anybody believes, you know? it rules over that. So I do feel like this is going to come down to a crisis of faith for a lot of people. I feel that there may be falls of some major religions at this time. And the thing that I always like to add in here when we talk about the quote unquote fall of any religion is that this also widens the door for cults. This widens like just from a I don't want to say political because that doesn't make sense. I don't, I mean, it does because I do feel like weirdly religion and politics have gotten so fucking crossed over that it makes me crazy and it shouldn't be that way in my opinion, but I'm not here to talk about politics. I'm really not. I really don't care what anybody believes religious, political, or otherwise. I'm not here to talk about those things Like even from my own perspective, I'm just here to give a generalization of what I think we will see with this kind of transit collectively. I hope that makes sense, but it does open the door for more like smaller religious sectors because people with a crisis of faith will be looking for somewhere to go. And I do think on some accounts that can be really dangerous. You know, it, puts people in positions of being very vulnerable and not knowing what to do. So I do feel like we're going to see kind of a downturn of a lot of like major religion. And I mean, we've already been seeing that consistently anyways, even if you look at like statistics of religion, they're just not as popular as they used to be um, for one reason or another. But I do think with this transit, we will see more of that. We might even see more things about religion in the news. Um, I also feel like on a personal level when it comes to Pisces, because Pisces rules are like escapism and coping mechanisms, it might feel like a lot of our coping mechanisms no longer work for us. And we have to find new ones because the ones we've been using don't work. So that could just be something that comes up a lot for the collective. Um, I see it as a really interesting time to be quite honest. I also think when it comes to spirituality, um, I think 
like I said, it will be like a changeover from what we have had into something new. But I do think that there is high chance that like spirituality will be on the rise. So this to me is your tarot card readers, your diviners, wise women, healers, shamans. I feel like we will see an upturn of that in the collective because they are being sought out more and more and more for helping people. So that's just what I think professionally, personally, we'll see how it shakes out. Um, I have no problem admitting that I was super wrong if it doesn't happen that way, but that's what I think. Now, the last transit I want to talk about before we move on to some other stuff is the, the, um, what is it? Oh, the North node, the North node is moving. So, um, we're starting out this year with the North node still in Taurus. It's been in Taurus for the last year. We're not a stranger to this energy, but the North node about mid year ish is so like June, July, somewhere in there is actually going to be moving into the sign of Aries. And I honestly am also looking forward to this. Once again, it highlights Aries. It puts that wherever Aries is in your chart, it puts it on the forefront. So it's like a forward momentum moving direction of that in your life. So even if you don't have an Aries North node specifically, it's still going to highlight a part of your life. And as I told you earlier, I have Aries in the fifth house. So I anticipate that 2023 will actually be an extremely fun year for me. I see it from Jupiter blessing my chart and then the North node coming out and giving me forward momentum to really dive into my own creativity, my own passion, my own childlike wonder and joy. So I anticipate 2023 for me personally being an excellent year, but look where Aries is in your chart. If you're somebody that has Aries in the 12th house, this could be a forward momentum of spirituality, of learning more about your coping mechanisms, your habits, your mental health. Even, um, if you, you know, if you have Aries in the first house, this is going to be all about the physique, the physical body. If you have Aries in the second house, this is going to be about your finances. So it's giving forward direction, momentum, and like fast paced action towards that area of your life. So I look forward to that changeover. It's also going to put the South node in Libra. So wherever Libra is in your chart will actually have a dialing back. So Libra, where is Libra in my chart? I mean, if I have Aries in the fifth, I think that puts Libra in my 11th. Uh, that's really fucking funny y'all. <laughs> I'm going to, if we could be so honest for a moment, that's funny to me because I feel like I'm already there, but I, I can't wait to see how that plays out in my life because the 11th house is the house of friendship. And I feel like I've already been doing like a dialing back on friendship since like August of this year. I've been kind of down cranking that and not like cutting off. I did actually go through a friendship breakup in August, but I feel like ever since then, I haven't been making as much room for friends in my life. And not because I have anything against the beautiful, wonderful, amazing people. Like my circle is so tight and small on purpose, but I feel like I've had such a down crank on that and such like an uptick on how I feel about myself and like putting myself in front instead of always making Basically, like I've really worked on like not people pleasing and like even when it comes to friends or people that are close to me, I've really like worked on boundaries in that sector and friendship in particular. So that's really funny. I'm, I'm really interested to see how that's going to play out in my life. Um, so wherever Libra is for you and remember that Libra is also the sign of like relationships, commitments, marriage, engagements, contracts, um, Anything that is of like legal binding, right? We're going to see a downtick of that. So, because to me, the North node is always a dialing up and the South node is always a dialing back. So really interesting when you look at that. And the, there's one more thing I wanted to mention, and then we're going to move on. I actually forgot, excuse me. I actually forgot that, uh, speaking of Jupiter, I didn't talk about the second half of Jupiter, which is, I want to say once again, 
somewhere like it might be like May, June, July, somewhere mid year. Again, sorry, I did not come with exact dates. I'm sure I'll talk about this as the timelines approach more on the podcast, but, uh, Jupiter will also be moving into Taurus this year. So we have it in Aries, the beginning of the year, beautiful, blessed. We love it. Then it's going to make its way into Taurus and expand that part of your life. So for me, I'm a Taurus sun. That's going to be huge for me. And on top of that, uh, I also have Taurus in my sixth house of health, service, coworkers, pets. Um, there's something, oh, daily routines. So I imagine that like, I mean, being a Taurus son, that's already a beautiful thing. It's already a beautiful gift. So uh, love that for Taurus. This is why I told you earlier that Taurus and Aries are the main characters this year because both of like the major planets, um, both of not the major planets, the major transits of Jupiter and then the North and South node, they correlate to Taurus and Aries this year. So huge. Um, I would say the other main character though, if I could pick one more, it's going to be Aquarius. And I only say that because anybody that has had major Aquarius, like has major Aquarius placements, you have been feeling restricted by Saturn for the last three years. So come March, when that transit moves over into Pisces, March 8th, it's either the 8th or the 9th, I can't remember which day. Uh, come the day that Saturn moves, you are going to feel those restrictions released. However, we do have at some point in the year, Pluto moving into Aquarius. Uh, I don't look at that as being as intense as Saturn, but it's intense in a different way. I don't even want to cover that one today because honestly, I'm not well versed in it. I would rather cover that after I've done a little more research. So we're not going to so much talk about that, but in any case, those are a lot of the major transits for 2023. So look where your Taurus placements are. Look where your Aries placements are. Those are going to be the most important and valuable things to note. Uh, I would also say make a note to look where your Libra placement is when that South node moves because the North and South node move together. So when the North node moves into uh, Aries, it's going to bring with it the South node into Libra. So just pay attention to those and look to where they are in your chart. You can do that for free. I love astroseek.com. I prefer it to Astro Cafe. Astro Cafe to me, though it is a great website, they don't really update routinely where Astroseek, you can tell is constantly updated. So just, oh, and please, for the love of all that is holy, if you have CoStar installed, you best uninstall that. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, you heard it from the astrologer. CoStar, they just are only here for like trends. They don't, they're not, you can tell that it's not made by intentional astrologers. And unless it has changed in the last year, yeah, I do not recommend CoStar. I do recommend the pattern though. I like the pattern and I also really like um, time passages is a good one. But outside of that, uh, the, and I think those are both on Apple. I'm not sure if they're both on Android or not. And I apologize to my Android users if they aren't. Oh, also the moon. The moon is a great app. I actually pay for the moon. There is a free version, but I pay for it because I use it so much. So um, in any case, the second half of this podcast, which was what I really wanted to talk about, but I couldn't do a first week of the year without telling you about all of the astrology. So the next thing I really, really, really wanted to focus on is this number one habit that I really do believe that if you follow this, you will create your dream life in 2023. I have no doubt about it. And that is something that I actually have learned from Manifestation Babe, but I'm going to put my own spin on a few parts of this. So if y'all don't know the Manifestation Babe and you're into manifesting, Catherine Zankina, who is the CEO of Manifestation Babe, go do yourself a favor and follow her podcast, follow her Instagram account. I will link them down below. Go and follow her. This is, she was the first account actually that I ever followed when I got into law of attraction and she has never led me astray. Like I shit you not so many of the principles that I have learned and then expanded upon in my own way. 
the jumping off point was learning from her. So if you feel like you learn a lot from me in the realm of manifesting, getting your desires, things like that, please follow her. Like her and Mimi Bouchard, to be honest, both of them were like two of my introductory people into the stuff that I'm really into. And so I feel like they're just like wonderful, wonderful, wonderful women. Um, but something that I learned from her is when you are trying to manifest, and I really wanted to put this in the first week of the year, because I know that many of you still don't have a vision for yourself. And that's okay. This isn't me telling you like, oh, you're bad if you don't have that. It's that maybe you haven't allowed yourself to dream big enough yet. And I want to give you like the foolproof method for manifesting whatever the fuck you want. And I promise you that this works. And I will give you a, a real life example of how this has worked for me extremely well. But the simple method, it's three steps. You have to decide, like, you have to, like, get a clear image of what it is that you want to create. So this is why I just recently on my Patreon, we did a vision board party on the Capricorn new moon. And we got clear on what all of our visions were for the new year, because I believe you could do that at any point in time. Once again, the new year doesn't really matter, but... I feel like the first thing you have to do is be very clear on what it is that you actually want. And something that I learned from Catherine Zankina of Manifestation Babe, I'm just going to call her Catherine, something that I learned from Catherine that blew my mind is that, and I've heard this so many times, when I ask somebody what they want, so many people say they don't know. And something that I recently learned is that is actually just a story from your ego. Your ego says, I don't know, because if you knew, if you decided to like really know yourself that deeply, you might be afraid that it's going to be a lot of work. You might be afraid that it's too big or you're unworthy of it, or there are so many unlimited or limiting self subconscious beliefs that are attached to telling yourself that you don't know, because trust me, if you actually sat down and really fucking thought about it, you know, and I know that, you know, because you are always, always co-creating with the universe. You are manifesting all hours of the day. It's not something that you just get into ritual and decide to do. Manifestation does not stop. Every single moment of every single day, you are co-creating your reality with the universe. And you, like your higher self that is always with you always knows what the bigger vision is. You maybe haven't fully tapped into what that vision is, but maybe it's because you've never really given yourself the chance. So the first thing is, is to get like clear on what it is. What is it? Define it. What is it? Get the vision board out. Look at how your life is. There's like definitely a lot of questions you could ask yourself. One of my favorites is if, and this one also comes from Catherine Zankina. Like most of the stuff I'm about to share with you comes from her. And this was so thought provoking to me that I had to share. Um, one of the questions that she prompts is if you were a billionaire, like if you woke up tomorrow and you were a billionaire, what would you do? If you knew that all of your needs were taken care of, you knew you never had to work another day in your life. What would you do? And this can be anything. Maybe your first thing is to buy yourself a wardrobe that you love. Maybe it's to hire a personal trainer and a personal chef. Maybe it's to buy a house. Maybe it's to set your family up. But you know what the funny thing is? When you get past all of your own personal wants and helping out the people around you, I promise you that your vision will exceed. It will exceed into... You know, how can I help humanity? What kind of project can I start? What can I fund? That's what I believe, like pure intentioned people, which I honestly believe that only people with the purest intentions listen to this podcast. 
people with the purest of intentions, even if they put their desires at the forefront, there is always goodness for the world that is going to come later. So it might come first. Maybe you're the kind of person that thinks about everybody else first, but that is like such a good question on how to get really, really crystal fucking clear. And some people just don't even give themselves that much permission to think that big when like, if all of your needs were met, what would you be doing? Because many of us have never experienced that. So we don't even let ourselves go there. So number one, and maybe the hardest is actually to figure it out. What is it? What does the vision look like? And then once you have the crystal clear picture, you're going to just decide. And deciding, I feel like, is the stuff I've been talking about for months. That is where you assume the identity. You decide that from this moment forward, this is who you are. You don't even need to decide, right? If you have a billion dollars in your bank and all your needs are taken care of, what is there to decide? It's so easy, right? So you decide. And the thing is, is yes, there's like a lot of limiting beliefs that are going to come up when you're manifesting. And there are so many tools that we can use meditation, EFT. Um, you could actually speak to a therapist. You can, um, I always recommend the superhuman app because that app literally changed my life. Truly, truly cannot recommend it enough. Changed my life. I've talked about it so many times. Uh, there are so many ways that you can work on reprogramming the unconscious to like get on board. So you're not feeling those uncomfortable feelings when you finally decide. So you decide, you make the vision board, you decide that going forward from this minute, this is the person that you'll be because this is the kind of person that has a billion dollars in their bank account or has their dream home or has a dream wardrobe or is married to a certain kind of person or has X amount of kids or, you know, whatever it is that you're after. Decide that you are that kind of person and assume the identity and work towards whatever limiting beliefs come up. Just remember that that is just the ego trying to keep you safe. It doesn't mean that it's true. It just means that your ego has been your protector since you were a baby child and it's going to keep bringing shit to the surface. Your job is to work on taming the ego, not getting rid of the ego. Cause that is some bullshit. We are not trying to get rid of the ego. We need the ego. It is there to help us, but it is what is going to bring all that shit up to the forefront as to why we can't be this kind of person. And then probably the most important part that I didn't know was a thing until I heard Catherine say it, because this is something I've already done. This is something I already practiced, but I didn't know it came so natural to me that I didn't know that this was even like a thing, if that makes sense. <laughs> it's to declare, speak it out loud, declare to the universe I am trusting that this is going to happen. This is the vision that I have and I know that it's coming. And the perfect real life example that I have of this method that is Catherine's is the define, decide, declare. The perfect example of this method is the house that I just manifested. This is exactly how I did it. I already knew what I wanted. I have known for a long time what I have wanted. Years I have had the vision. I wanted a certain kind of kitchen. I wanted to be waterfront. I didn't want to be so waterfront that I would like be in trouble if there was water that was like a high tide. So I am set back a little bit where I live, but not to an extreme degree. I'm only set back slightly. So like I consider my home to still be waterfront because the water is still a straight shot. Like I don't have anything in my way obstructing me. I see the water from a straight shot, like from shore to my house, there are no buildings. So still to me, waterfront property, even though I'm not like literally like me and the tide are 10 feet apart. It might be like 50 feet apart. But my point is like, I knew I wanted to be waterfront. I knew that I wanted to have, um, a minimum of four bedrooms. I knew it had to have two bathrooms. I knew that I didn't want a, I really didn't want a home that had 
two living rooms. I wanted just one, you know, how like some living room or some homes will have like a family room and a living room or is that what they call it? Like one room is for like sitting and one room is for like TV and shit. <laughs> I didn't want that. I wanted one room. And technically this house does have two, but the second room was an add-on and it has a door that you can close. And so we turned it into an office. So like it didn't have to be used as that kind of room. So it wasn't just like a bunch of big open space that I didn't have anything to put in there. Um, this house is literally like the perfect house. It has a huge deck that faces the water. The backyard has woods behind it. I have fruit bearing trees. Like these were all things that were in my vision for this house. So I had the define for a very long time. Then I decided in August that I was going to be the kind of person that had a home that had my own home. I decided that I would be a morning person. This is what I would eat. This is how I would behave. I would exercise more. I would be this kind of person. I would make X amount of money, which we're still working on that part, but I decided, and I put my energy into that every fucking day. Literally, I woke up every morning and I was like, hey, I am this person. And if I am this person, how am I gonna behave? And literally for like, I want to say it was like two months. I just did that. I woke up early. I worked out almost every day. I listened to superhuman constantly. That was huge for me. Um, and I decided, and then when the house finally showed up, I don't know how much of this I told y'all. I just don't remember because I did a couple of podcasts and one of them I removed. So where's my notebook? I thought I had it. Oh, I do. So when you declare and you say it out loud, when the house basically finally came into reality and this house called out to me, I made a petition for this house. I wrote words to this house and to the universe, making promises to this house. And then I read them out loud with conviction, with intention. And here's the thing. When you declare to the universe something that you want, it is the energy that you show up with that makes it work. It's not the tools. It's not that you practiced witchcraft. It is the energy. This is why every witch on the face of the fucking planet tells you that your magic is the most important thing. Your energy is the most important component to witchcraft because it is the energy at which you are in when you declare something that is going to bring it. The universe will literally conspire in your favor to make that thing happen. And I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> it's just my higher self. Every time I get goosebumps like that, I know it's just my higher self being like, yes, bitch, tell them. Um, literally the universe will conspire in your favor to make it work. And I, I can even like, I remember being in my old apartment and with such conviction, with such a strong voice, with such a firm stance, with such fucking confidence and a surety that I was going to get this house, even though my credit was not good. I did not have a lot of money at the time. I was a little bit scared. I showed up for that work. And with such conviction, I was like, this is my house. And literally within under a week, I had keys. So <laughs> there were so many things that could have held me back in this process, but they did not. And I really just want to encourage y'all, if you want to make your dream life happen, yes, there are so many extra components to talk about within this define, decide, declare, but these are the most important components. They are the most important. They are going to take you the furthest. And there is like a lot to be said about getting into that energy of feeling confident and feeling like you can say something with absolute certainty. But when you are in alignment with something, you won't need to second guess it. You won't come without confidence because it is so in alignment with you that you will feel the confidence. I hope, I hope I'm making sense. It's just, 
It's almost one of those experiences that you have to feel to fully understand. But once you do it and it works, I promise your belief will only increase. And it just, it works. That's all I will say is it does work. Now, the other thing I wanted to bring up with y'all kind of in this same realm is when you are deciding or what I like to call assuming the identity, when you are assuming the identity of somebody that has your dream life, you need to make it work for you. (laughs) So let me get a little sip of my coffee. I hope you've got a beverage too. Hmm. When you are assuming the identity, you can't go from being someone that like, I mean, you can, and I've done it. (laughs) You can, you can actually, I take that back. You can go from being a night person your whole life to being a morning person in less than 24 hours. I believe that I've done it. So I know, but sometimes you need to make things work for you. So like, let me give you an example in my life of something that I've really been working on. And I think that this will really put it into perspective, make your ideal life work for you. So for me, you know, I, I love clothes. I love fashion. I love the idea of like putting myself together every day and looking nice. However, I have worked from home I'm married. I'm not trying to impress anybody but myself. Like I, I don't really have to put a lot of time and attention into myself if I don't want to, like if I want to wake up at noon every day, which I don't, but if I did, I could, if I want to wake up at noon every day, roll out of bed and go into my office and get to work without so much as like blinking, I can. So I don't have to roll into an office and look a certain way every day. But the thing is, when I think about my most idealized life, even from where I am right now, I always see myself as a really put together person. I see myself as someone that does their hair every day, that does their makeup every day, at least a little bit. And yet I constantly wake up in the morning and I never want to do those things. And then if I spend time putting myself together in the morning, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because I feel like I've wasted my time. Like, ugh, I just spent an hour on my makeup, another 45 on my hair. And now like, I'm so exhausted from all that shit. I don't even want to do anything. My gosh, if you could relate to this, please leave me a comment down below or like a review or something, depending on where you're listening. If you're on Spotify, I know that you can like leave comments now. Um, it's like under the episode Q and a, you can leave things, but Like I seriously, I feel like that's on being a Taurus. If you have Taurus in your sun, moon or rising, we are lazy glamour. Like truly, this is the difference between Libra and Taurus is Libra is real glamour. They love to be glamorous. And I say this because both Libra and Taurus are ruled by the planet Venus. We love glamour. But Taurus wants effortless glam. They do not want to put in the work. I'm a Taurus son. I do not fucking want to put in the work. I want to look glamorous, but I want it to be easy. So something that I have started to do is make that work for me. Instead of waking up in the morning and, you know, I'm trying to assume the identity. I'm giving like rich, crunchy auntie, right? That's the vibe I'm on. And I want to assume that that looks a certain way for me, not for anybody else, not because I care what other people think I look like this. Literally, I don't leave my house. Like I don't need to look nice for anybody else, but myself. So to look nice for me, how can I make that as easy as possible in the morning? And I've come across a few things that have really helped me. And I think these are just like some extra little, if you're trying to get into your hot girl era, just... I want to like give you a couple of these because I think that I am a genius and I've cracked the code. This might be some shit that you already knew, but I didn't. Okay. I'm late to the party and maybe some of y'all didn't know either. So number one, heatless curls. Where have I been? Where have I been that I had not considered heatless curls a viable option? So I love 
wearing my hair curly. My favorite way, oh my gosh, I sound like I'm about to intro and add to you. I swear to God, I'm not. <laughs> I love the look of hair curled with a curling wand. Those are like my favorite curls. I love them more than hot roller curls. I love them more than like a blowout curl. They to me are like peak elegance and they give me like romantic vibes, which is always what I'm on. So they just give like a soft elegance. And that's like, if I could give myself a characteristic when I am dressed to the nines, that's what I like to give is soft elegance. So <laughs> I was like, gosh, I, I tried hot rollers for a while and I was like, eh, these are okay. But like my hair is so thick and coarse that I don't find that hot rollers like give me the desired effect. Not all day. They fall out eventually. I need something hotter. So instead of getting something hotter, I discovered, and I have tried a lot of methods. And the one that I think is the best is the legging curl. If you don't know about the legging curl, let me fucking enlighten you. Uh, let me, let me put you on. Okay. I'll leave a video down below a YouTube video for this in case you're curious after the pop, after the episode, but the legging curl is basically like you take a pair of leggings. <laughs> this is going to sound so silly. You take a pair of leggings, you split your hair in half. The like crotch of the legging sits on top of your head and you basically wrap your hair around the legs and then you fold the base of the leg up to like cover the base of the curl and then tie it, like not tie it, depending on how long your hair is, you kind of like put them behind your head and you can tie them together if they'll tie. And then you take the butt of the leggings, like where the crotch would be, and you wear that part over your head like a bonnet. If you watch the video, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But like, when I tell you I didn't think this shit was going to work and it worked so fucking well, I will never go to bed without this shit again. Like, this is how you get perfect curls in the morning. Now I will say this. I don't know that it will work for everyone. Like, I don't know if, if like, first of all, if you even have hair that long, but like you do kind of have to have like medium to longer hair. And also I don't know if this method will work on like thin, fine hair without product in it. It might, but you just may have to like hairspray your hair or like do a little bit more with product before doing it. But I just used a little bit of it's a 10 leave-in conditioner to kind of help it like stay smooth. And then I, when I was done, I put Paul Mitchell super skinny, which is what I use on my hair, uh, just to kind of help with any frizz that showed up and the curls, I still have beautiful curls and I've had this all day today. So excuse me, the curls like really last. So there's step number one hair like a princess every single fucking morning. I think if I changed anything about the method is next time I get out to a Target or something, I'm gonna buy a couple of Velcro rollers and I feel like I would Velcro roll just like a couple sections at the top of my head and then I would do the curls down the sides. So that way I have this really beautiful like blowout look in the morning, especially from the front of my hair. You could also achieve that with like a barrel curling iron or even a hot roller could do it if you wanted to just like give the front of your hair a little oomph in the morning. But that to me, sleeping on that is the effortless. Okay. That is where I'm going to get my hair taken care of. The other thing I always have said is if I just had lash extensions and my eyebrows microbladed, I would be satisfied. Like I would be happy if just my eyelashes and my brows were, and my hair were done every day. Like I don't even need the rest of the makeup unless I'm doing something like serious. I don't need to put on foundation and blush and lipstick unless I'm filming or leaving the house. I don't really care about that. Just in my day-to-day -day life, I would like to have my lashes and brows handled. So I haven't figured out what I'm going to do for my brows yet. I've seen a couple of options. I was thinking about getting like a brow stamp or something. Ultimately, I really just want to get my eyebrows microbladed though. Like I haven't done it yet, but I found somebody that I think I want to go have a consultation with. If I get my eyebrows microbladed, 
the dream. I will be living the dream. That is definitely something on my 2023 vision board is microbladed eyebrows. And then for my lashes, y'all, where have I been? Apparently this shit has been around. Lashify. Yes, it's expensive. I will not lie to you about that. Um, I will put again, a not affiliate at all. I'll put my, la I'll put Lashify down below. I don't think I have a link for them, but if I have a code I can share, I definitely will. Um, and I'm also going to put a like cheaper version down below of Lashify. If you're curious about this stuff, I did my research and these were the top competitors. I went with Lashify because I'm a bougie bitch and that's the energy I'm coming for in 2023 is bougie as well. So, um, I went with Lashify, but the intro kit is like 125, I think. So it's a little costly, not going to lie to you about it. Um, but my plan is once I get my kit, cause it hasn't been delivered yet, but girl, I have watched so many videos. I think this is going to fucking be it. Um, I've so many videos I have watched. I've like did all the research, but, uh, my kit comes in in like a week or so. But, um, the thing with Lashify is like, you can make your lashes last with those. If you apply them right yourself for like two weeks. And then I've also found tutorials where you can just wash the lashes and keep using them. So you don't even need to keep buying their lashes over and over again. And you better believe I most likely will buy cheaper lashes. I won't keep going back and buying their lashes because don't get me wrong. I'm a bougie queen, but I just wanted the tools. Like I wanted like the seal and the bonder and the set, but for lashes, you can use almost anything. Like I could go and buy some Ardell lashes and cut them up myself. It doesn't really matter. So that's kind of my thing is like, it's not even that I can't afford to go and have my lashes professionally done. It's also, I'm a Taurus, I'm fucking lazy, and I don't want to go sit in someone's chair for two to three hours every month. That sounds like hell to me. I would much rather spend 15 minutes once every two weeks putting my own lashes on at home. So can't wait to do all of that. But that's kind of my goal for that. But my point to all of this, the whole reason I'm telling you about these three things is I would always tell myself I want to be this like bougie elevated version of myself, but then I would do nothing to make it real. I wouldn't like have a skincare routine. I wouldn't wake up in the morning and actually take care of like, not take care. Cause I don't think like putting on makeup is taking care of yourself. I think if that's something you want to do for yourself, awesome. But I've never been someone that has wanted to like beat my face every morning, ever, ever, never in the history of ever have I been that kind of person. No shade if that's who you are. I say more power to you, honestly, and I support you in doing it. But for me, I have just never felt joy in that. I've never felt joy in sitting and like beating my face for two hours. So my ideal is like, give me a lip gloss or girl, even better. My Tatcha lip mask. I wear that like lip gloss because I have the tinted one that they only put out at Christmas time. And it gives me like the perfect, like cherry toned lip. And then if I just have my brows, lashes and my hair, that's all I need. I am like ready for anything. So that's what I mean when I say make it work for you. When you are trying to assume the identity, don't think that you have to make all of these fucking strides to like, oh, now I have to start working on myself and like my image two hours every morning. Nah, you can go to sleep and make your hair curl while you sleep and like just wake up and do a couple of things that require some maintenance. But like, if you're like me and you are an effortless glam, lazy bitch, those are my hot thing. Those are my hot tips is get you some good lashes that are going to stay the fuck on either done by a professional or do them yourself. Um, if you have dark lashes your, or eyebrows, you're probably fine. I'm a redhead. My lashes are non-existent unless I fill them in. So did I say lashes again? I meant to say eyebrows. My eyebrows are non-existent. Well, my lashes too. They're all like so light that you can't see them unless I do them. So 
that's why lashes and brows for me. Um, I don't know when I'm going to get my eyebrows microbladed. It's like almost $600 to go and do it. And <sighs> don't get me wrong. Bougie energy will manifest it. It is going to happen. But until then, I don't know what I'm going to do. I feel like I need to find like a good stencil kit or something to do it myself at home and like make it work for me. But in any case, that's what I mean. Make it work for you. Don't feel like you have to, just because the fucking Kardashians are showing you that they go to the gym two hours a day and eat health nut salads. Nah, get yourself a nice set of free weights. Do 15 minute workouts at home. Do like you want that aesthetic, make it work for you. You don't have to change your entire identity to make yourself into someone that you actually are not. Does that make sense? That's really the core of what I'm trying to say is like, don't base your ideal version of self off of something that you never want to spend your time doing. So for me, I want to be effortless glam. And so I'm doing everything that I can to find ways of effortlessly giving myself glam in the morning. You feel me? Anyways, that was a really long winded explanation, but it was something that I wanted to put in here because I just feel like, especially at the top of the year, when you're trying to figure out what you want your year to be like, what you want the theme to be, how you want this year to go, what you want to manifest, do it in only the way that you would and what fits into your life. That doesn't mean don't change. That doesn't mean don't make new habits or new commitments, but try to make it easy on yourself if you can. Like, why not? Why not integrate it into your life in the most effortless way possible? So in any case, I love you so much. And I hope that you're having a beautiful start to this new year. And if you're not, know that in a couple of weeks when we have Mercury out of the microwave and Mars going direct, you're going to be feeling so fabulous. And please do not forget when you stand in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. Bye.